Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey everybody, this is Marty. Welcome back to another edition of Marty's Friends and today we are going to be focusing on event planning. So excited to share with you all the new stuff that I'm learning and my new friends and to help you keep up to date with what is hot and what's not and what you want to be doing for event planning right now is networking. So we're going to learn today about new ways to network, how to maximize any event by adding a networking component to it. During this hour, you're going to learn the goals for incorporating networking as part of any event, how an in-the-event networking opportunity differs from a full-out networking event, some networking formats, strategies, and facilitation tips, and also how to help your guests follow up with context they make during your event. Our guest expert today is Mary Beth Dunn, and I'm so excited to introduce her to you. She's the CEO of Consider It Done LLC. She's a motivational speaker and an event and marketing strategy consultant, a networking coach, and a subject matter expert. Welcome to you, Mary Beth. Marnie, thank you. It's fabulous to be here. Well, I'm really excited about not only having you here, but about this topic, because this has just been getting hotter and hotter, <laughs> this networking thing. And, you know, we've always done networking. I mean, I just remember, you know, 25 years ago, you went to the networking event with your business cards. So networking is nothing new, but it's like networking on steroids now, isn't it? It really is, and more and more people are realizing the power of that and that you can network almost anywhere. Um, but it, it can be a lot of fun if you learn a few things that make it feel almost effortless, even though there's a lot of effort that goes behind into those tips and tricks. Right, and and I think the key is to um, pull our heads up out of the sand and to realize that social networking and networking in general is king right now. It is how people are connecting with one another. And so whether we like it or not, whether we picked it or not, it is here and it's not going away. It's just getting bigger and bigger. So as we think of um, events, we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about the difference between having a full-out networking event and hosting an event that has a component in it that is allows for some networking that's structured instead of just, you know, like we always connect with people at events. But usually what happens at most events is that you kind of cluster around the people you're most comfortable with, the people you already knew before, and you very seldom, unless encouraged to do so in some formal way, break out of that to any great degree and meet some new people. So we're going to talk about the differences there between a full networking event and one where you just incorporate it in. But first, let's just talk about maybe some of the goals that an event planner would have when they're thinking about incorporating a network, uh, a networking opportunity into their event. And maybe I'll just let you kind of talk about some of the things, some of the benefits or goals that you would think would come out of incorporating it. Well, thank you. Um, I think that as an event uh, strategist and an event planner, we often have the opportunity to sculpt and to really curate the things that are happening for the attendees uh, before the event, during the event, and after the event. And I often use the word event strategy um, because for me that, uh, with the event planners that I've interacted with, they, they think in terms of project management sometimes. You know, right. when they have a really focused event, they're they're very concerned about what is their the return on investment of the attendees or the stakeholders or the sponsors. And so when I say project management, three tenets of that are always goals and budget and timeline. And then, you know, for me, and I think for a lot of event planners and strategists, the goals are the most important, as you said. So some of the benefits to think about um, for the attendees um, are in, include uh, when you're finally in a room face-to-face -face with people, it, it's sometimes a little bit awkward if you haven't met them before. 
our world in which we exist, and you reference this, is very social. Social media has given us tremendous capability, um, both overwhelmingly and also uh, in a focused way, to connect with people locally, globally. You and I, for example, we've not met, but it, the more that you connect and you build those relationships, either face-to-face and then you transition to online, or online and then you transition back to being in the room with fellow attendees of an event, that's really powerful. So using those strategies. Um, also, I think that um, lots of attendees can be encouraged to uh, have an ISO strategy when they go into an event. So it's very simple. ISO for me means in search of. And as event strategists <laughs> and event planners, when we think of um, setting up an event, we can encourage attendees prior to attending that event to think of who are the types of people or who are the exact people that they would like to be connected with at the event or through the event. And and I use the word connect a lot um, because I feel like we all network. We all know, as you said, 20 years, right? Here's my business card. It's nice to meet you. But connecting for me implies a relationship building component, and that makes all the difference. Mm, yeah, that's what I love ISO in search of. And, you know, somebody asked me not too long ago, I was talking to an event planner who was um, going to have me come out and, and incorporate an event, uh, a networking component to her event. And um, she said, how would you describe it to people? And I said, I would describe it like speed dating for women. <laughs> you know, you're not looking for a date. Absolutely. But what are you in search of? You're actually in search of people who have like interests and who you just find that when you're talking to them, you have this feeling like I've known you my whole life, or at least I should have, you know, and uh, where, yeah. you, where you just have this instant connection with somebody, you're comfortable with them at a level that you're not with all people, and unless you had the opportunity to get face-to-face with them for just at least a few moments, you wouldn't have known that. They, you would have been in the same room. You would have come and gone, and you would have missed the opportunity to find that person in the world. And so that's what I love. I love networking incorporated into big events. And now when you were talking about, at the first part, you were talking about some of the social st- networking strategies. Can you go back and, like, what would be a goal for an event planner related to that? I recently attended an event called Planner Tech, and it was one of uh, the most fun days I've had in a while. I'm a bit of a technology geek, and one of my values is learning. Um, so um, it, I think it's so important as event planners to incorporate a, a level of technology. There are so many apps and so many um, types of technology, both mobile as well as desktop and, and also um, tablet-oriented that can help people both at an event and external to the event connect online. LinkedIn is, is a great uh, a gr- great functionality um, internally with groups and the ability to share information um, globally as well as in those groups. Uh, obviously, Facebook and Twitter are also fantastic. For me, Twitter allows um, event planners to drive a conversation via hashtag, which I'm sure lots of your listeners know is is a keyword search term. So establishing a keyword search term at the onset of the event when one is figuring out one's goals and what do they want the attendees to focus on um, in terms of a takeaway, a larger takeaway, when they I always ask my um, my clients, when your attendees leave this event, what is the one comment that you would love for them to share with someone else? either via social media or they go home and they share it with their husband or they share it with their coworkers the next day at work. What is that one thing? And that really drives the conversation around what's the hashtag, the thing, the search term, the concept that you would want them to talk about while at the event perhaps broadcast. Um, so for me, social media is a tremendous tool um, when used really effectively to make your event even larger than it is, but also to focus it while people are in the room. Great. I love that. I love that. And what, if you're not familiar with using using the, the hashtags, what happens is that people can um, search for that term and just see the conversation that's happening before the event, 
during the event, hopefully it, it crescendos and then it comes again after the event with some follow-up comments that people you know, are talking to each other about the event. But because of the hashtag, which is just a pound sign, a number sign, and then the keyword, um, people can find each other in the big world of Twitter about your event. So that is so cool. We're going to take a short break and come right back, and we're going to talk about how an in-the-event networking opportunity differs from a full networking event and how you can incorporate that into your next event. We'll be right back. The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's women's events. .info. It's the only directory of its kind, and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, E-Conference Women, and so many others. It's free to search, and you can find it all at womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're talking today with Mary Beth Dunn of ConsiderItDunnLLC.com, and she spells her last name D-U-N-N, ConsiderItDunnLLC.com. LLC.com is her website. Mary Beth is the CEO of Consider It Done LLC. She's a motivational speaker, an event and marketing strategy consultant, a networking coach, and a subject matter expert. She's here sharing her expertise with us about how to incorporate a networking component into your upcoming events and why that's important. We were just talking before the break about goals, and now we want to talk about how to um, – how it actually differs. So let's talk about um, preparation by guests. When I think of a networking event as the whole event, Mary Beth, I'm thinking before I go, I've got my business cards ready. I, you know, I've got my elevator pitch ready. <laughs> you've got you've got your mentally all prepared. But that's not quite what happens when someone's coming to a different event. Let's say they're going to a mother-daughter tea, <laughs> you know, and they're coming and all of a sudden they're exposed to a networking event inside of it. The preparation level is extremely different from one to the other, and yet you can accomplish much the same thing. And even if you just have a spontaneous networking event, you can accomplish so much in just a few moments of doing one of these. We're going to talk in a few minutes about, uh, you know, some of the strategies for actually incorporating it. But let's talk about let's talk about frequency and duration. Other than preparation, this is another big difference. So maybe you address this one. Um, what's the difference in frequency and duration between like a networking event as a whole and maybe one that's incorporated? Well. One of the things I think is that is most important in um, whether you're a business owner or you're just networking, you know, personally to grow your contacts or to learn new things about your industry is having a really strong sense of what's important to you. And I think you speak often with your with your listeners and, and your uh, fellow um, guests about values. And for lots of uh, my clients, and we speak a lot about what are our values, what is important to us, what's our passion. So often, um, if people are introverts, um, networking as part of a another event, as, as you said, a mother-daughter tea, might be very overwhelming um, because they were not fully prepared. And so if you do that very often, it could get, again, overwhelming. But if you're an extrovert, oh, it's wonderful, and, and you can share things with people all the time. So a small amount of preparation um, in terms of if you are out and about a little bit, even if you're just sitting, as you said, you know, perhaps with people that you don't know, but you're with at least one other person you do know, if you're really clear about what's important to you and what your passion areas are and what you love to do, then having a conversation very often or for an extended period of time becomes much easier uh, within a um, an in-the-event networking opportunity. Uh, I think that in terms of the difference, frequency and duration of one from the other, a full networking event versus an in-the-event event networking opportunity really depends, again, upon your goals, the marketing goals, your networking goals as a business professional. Um, if your goal is to really build your visibility and to be out in the market and to get more clients and to establish yourself and to promote yourself as a subject matter expert and a thought leader, I think that attending full networking events 
and seeking want, uh, seeking those that do maximize your time and your energy and your resources is critical. Um, but always having a focus on you can really network anywhere that you are. Uh, if you are clear about who you want to meet and who you want to be connected to, and if you're a service provider, who you can help the most. Knowing those answers to those questions allows you to be comfortable in any networking environment. But, but to your point, I think from a frequency duration perspective, um, knowing that you can function in any setting, but being able to be prepared for a full networking event really depends upon who you are as a human and what your resources are, time, time and money, and your energy level, and whether um, you're an introvert or an expert or you love it or it's something that you want to do a little bit less often. Right, and I think for the planners that are listening that um, plan events for the same group over and over, um, to consider doing networking events all the time unless you're like a chamber of commerce, which a networking event for a chamber is just a common thing. You, you plan these, you know, monthly or quarterly. Um, but otherwise, you want to have them be at the at the kind of the direction of your clientele, whoever your whoever your audience is, they should choose how important that is to them. But having it incorporated into an event, I agree with you, Mary Beth, that it should not be every single time. It should just be when it makes sense and as something that's different from another another event that they wouldn't expect that they're going to do this every time. And then the spontaneous networking, that I love I love what you said. It's just you can do this anytime anywhere and what you're doing when you're incorporating a small small networking event into a major event into something else what you're really doing is teaching people how to communicate that's what you're really doing you're you're actually giving them a facilitated communication tool that they can use anytime then after that in any environment they're in which is so fun and we're going to talk about a little bit more about how to do that in a minute but um the other thing that I wanted to just distinguish between the expectations and outcomes that you can expect from if you were doing a full networking event. Like tonight from 7 to 10 p.m., we're having a networking event. And people come, and they're expecting to meet a lot of people from 7 to 10 p.m. They would not come hoping, you know, to just connect with one or two for long periods of time. Instead, they would think that they would get many uh, smaller conversations, opportunities to really kind of get to know a few people, but to get to meet a lot of people. Whereas if when you're doing the networking as part of an event, the people aren't usually even coming for that part. They're usually coming for the part that is the the purpose of the event, let's say a Christmas party or whatever the event is, and then you incorporate this in. Well, their expectations of what's going to come out of this are going to be very low because they don't even know what to expect at all. So basically you need to tell them what to expect, and that may be during the next 20 minutes you are going to have the opportunity to meet five people that you've never met before, and you're going to have the opportunity to circulate around this room with to meet people you've never met, and we're going to tell you exactly what to say so you don't even have to worry about it. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Now you're setting an expectation that they should be able to relax a little bit, but still people who are uncomfortable with other people, with, with strangers, as it's going to be a stretch for them. So you don't want to have it be too long. Uh, 15 to 20 minutes is usually a great amount of time when you're asking people who aren't prepared to do networking to network. Mary Beth, do you have a comment right there to insert? I absolutely agree. <laughs> uh, no, I absolutely agree. I think that from an event planner perspective, um, incorporating a networking opportunity, as you've beautifully expressed, you want to prepare your guests, you want them to feel comfortable in the environment, um, at least give them a few minutes to put their thoughts together, but, but it, it, allows, um, it allows them to, you know, jump into, to jump into that. In addition, I think it's a value add. So um, it really heightens the value of the event, whatever the event may be. Um, Social events are wonderful because people really do want to connect on a very casual level. And then when you do this just in a very um, focused, brief burst of time, um, people come away from it and they feel energized. Um, So I think it's, it's an amazing way for an event planner to really set themselves apart and to create a win win scenario for their clients. I love the words value added because that's really how I see it. People are telling us by their by their social networking interaction and right now 98% of Americans have internet access and 78% of us 
of those people, of 98%, use social networks. So, I mean, people are just saying, I want to network with other people. I don't mind connecting with people outside of my 12 closest friends and family. I actually (laughs) like having 100 Facebook friends or whatever it is, you know. Uh, People are telling us, I want to expand my horizons. And so when you incorporate one of these networking components into an event you're planning, it truly is value added. They will walk away with a couple new connections that they didn't have when they came, and that will really energize them. They'll be excited about that, even if at first they felt just a little intimidated. Okay, we're going to talk. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to insert, I think the fun also is sometimes even when people have known one another a long time, um, they learn something new about the person with whom they're speaking. And that can be so amazing, whether it's a personal interest. Um, you know, if they've known each other 15 years, they may find something completely new um, about this person, and then that brings the relationship to a whole other level. Absolutely. What a great point. That's so true. And we're going to talk right now about um, the networking formats, about strategies and facilitation tips. We're going to come right back and talk about oatmeal messages. I can't hardly wait to hear what those are. We'll be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Well, hi, this is Marty Swedberg, and I welcome you back. We are visiting today with Mary Beth Dunn. She's the CEO of Consider It Dunn LLC, and that's spelled D-U-N-N, ConsiderItDunnLLC.com. Mary Beth is turning us today on networking, including a networking component into any event is possible. I guess not quite any event. Some events would not be perfect for this. But almost every event has the potential of hosting a a networking event within it, even just a few minutes. And Mary Beth, I wanted to start. We're going to talk now about the networking format strategies and facilitation tips. And I wanted to start with something that everybody's really familiar with. You know that game when you walk into a party or an event and they hand you a piece of paper and it's a bingo sheet and it's got all these boxes and you're supposed to go around and find people to put their name in the box and some of them find someone who was born in August, find someone who has traveled to the Ukraine. I mean, you know, there's just all these random questions in there. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to either get a bingo or get blackout or whatever and find all these people. Have you ever played that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's really a form, a very, I would call, you know, most shallow form of of networking (laughs) where you're being forced, you're being forced to interact with people who you otherwise do not know and who you otherwise would not speak to. And you're doing, you're, you're being forced to do it in a way that makes it palatable. And now some people might say, well, I've done it. I didn't think it was palatable. But actually, it's a way that isn't too intimidating because you're not really having to create very much there. You're just asking a question. Were you born in August? Everybody can do that. So uh, that is what we're going to talk about next is some of these ways that you can bring networking into your party or your event without it being majorly intimidating. We want it to be something that people will go home feeling excited and happy about instead of like, it's the last time I'm ever going to one of their things. So, Meredith, you have a cool uh, networking component that you do called Oatmeal Messages. Tell us about that. Thanks, Marnie. It, for me, an oatmeal message is uh, the heart of how and what I communicate to folks about what I do. And if anyone can create an oatmeal message. So um, it's value-centric. It is, I'll, I'll just say, I'll share the story. It's a great story. Every, um, almost every morning, looking back, it feels like every morning my dad or mom would say that we should have some oatmeal. Um, as kids, it sticks, you know, it sticks to your ribs. It will, it will keep you going through the day, and it's a wonderful thing. So as I was thinking about 
networking and creating a powerful message that would be concise and compelling and would be consistent and would stick with people, hence the oatmeal stick to the ribs, stick with people, uh, I came up with the concept of the oatmeal message. So you mentioned earlier in the program an elevator pitch. And an elevator pitch is so important to have. It can be 30 seconds or 45 or 60 seconds, depending upon the environment and, as one would say, how tall the elevator is. Um, However, I believe in the concept of creating advocates for me. So as an event planner, as we're creating networking environments, it's so important to ask people to consider, ask your attendees or your guests to consider, who are the types of people that could help you and then take that oatmeal message, which is um, 10 words in 10 seconds that shares who you are, what you do, and why you do it. I think the concept of why we do something is so powerful. And it, when shared with someone else, it can be a barometer for that other person to really quickly evaluate whether or not they get you. So that's a little scary sometimes. It's a little bit more of an advanced trick or tip, I should say, for networking. But when you share your oatmeal message, you're creating connections very quickly, and people uh, will gravitate toward you if you have shared interests, you're like-minded, you um, perhaps share similar target clients when you're in the room networking. So as event planners, when we set up events, we want to consider the professionals that are in the room And if they share target clients or they share um, values or have shared interest groups, um, that's something where it's fairly easy to to make sure that they connect so they can help one another with shared resources or vendor partners or finding ideal target clients. Now, when you work with – okay, so have you ever ever done the exact thing, the the 10 words in 10 seconds – with a group who didn't have that prepared before they came? Absolutely. And often when I do, when I speak or I do workshops or even I'm in a setting where um, I did this recently with a group and um, we had 60 women in um, a, a Chamber of Commerce-like event and they had not really had much one-on-one time. You know, they're just in standard networking. Everybody talks to whomever they find. The power of this is, as I said, if, you know, we 60 women to speak would have taken all night. And so we shared with them that they had, you know, just a couple of seconds to say their name and their company. And then I explained the concept of the oatmeal message. I shared mine, which I'm happy to do if you'd like an example. And um, then they had 10 seconds. Of course, when this is introduced um, in the beginning or, you know, as a new concept, it's very difficult for the for many of us as humans to only speak for 10 seconds, right? So we know there's a buffer zone as event planners, that, but it's a, it's a great way by which to ask people to be powerful and, as I said, concise and clear and compelling and give people a message that will stick with them so that if you and I are looking for the same market, the same type of person, I'll give you an example. The this came up in the room several times. As I said, there were 60 women at this networking event, and five of them were in the um, elder care industry. So one of them was a moving moving person that helped um, folks relocate from their home to a uh, an alternative living environment or their kid's house or uh, they had to downsize or they were, were moving into a new space. She was able to share very quickly who she was and what she does and why she does it. And the women in the room that either needed her services or do similar things for their clients or have similar clients but they do different things, immediately connections were made. And then we gave them 30 minutes at the end to connect directly with those target people that they were able to hear their 10-second spiel and get much more invested in the conversation. So that oatmeal message, just in 10 seconds, can give someone 10 words that to really retain and move forward with. So so go ahead and give us yours. Mary Beth Dunn, who are you? And uh, what do you <laughs> do right. and why do you do it? <laughs> my, as though I was at a networking event, my name is Mary Beth Dunn. 
I am the CEO and founder of Consider It Done LLC and Strategic Connections. So that's kind of the beginning. The oatmeal message is I help my clients to speak, uh, excuse me, (laughs) I help my clients to decide where to speak, sponsor, and how to network to increase their visibility and achieve their goals. So that's much more than 10 words, but it's probably 10 to 14, 15 seconds. And then I follow it up and I say, really, the key words that I'd like you to remember are how and where to speak, sponsor, network, increase visibility, achieve goals. So Mm. anyone, yeah? Good, yeah. So anyone who's, you know, looking to get more visibility and wants to be a speaker, anyone who wants to maximize their networking um, will say, oh, wait a minute, or I know someone who you need to talk to. or right. those, So those kinds of things are those key words. You know, we're all human, and, and many of us are not um, little anymore, where our brains are enormous. <laughs> right. So we can only retain so much in a short period of time. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. And what what would be really cool is to um, – so how did you actually get your gals, get your 60 women ready to share this? Did you actually spend some time doing a little training with them? or how did you, Because 60 women, yes. I mean, letting go of 60 women, uh, that's, a pretty, well, that's a pretty scary thing for an event planner to do. Okay, we're going to go around the circle. <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. I, did. I did share some remarks with them to framework it. Um, the women who were at this event, the the event planner knew many of them. So she knew that their ability to network effectively was very high, okay. um, which is why she invited me to perhaps raise the bar or to in, introduce a, a little bit more of an advanced concept um, rather than the wonderful game and, you know, strategy that you suggested that, that we've all played in the beginning, the bingo um, but this is a little more advanced, and, and she knew her audience. She knew that the women that were in that room had been to a million um, they could do networking it. Yeah. events where you get coffee and you talk for 20 minutes and then you move on to the next person. And she really wanted to raise the bar. And it was cool. very effective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. And, you know, I've seen it done. I've seen it done at, um, I just saw it done, I think, last week or the week before where I was, and we all went around the circle, and I'm sure there were 30 or 40 of us. And we said our name, and it was actually a, um, was it a bridal shower, I think. And we said our name, and we said how we knew the bride to be. Yeah. And it was a very simple way for people in the room to connect. Oh, that's how I know her too, but I don't know you. You know, and so we're we're all used to this. It's not like we're telling you to do something people aren't used to. They're used to doing this. We're just going to give you a couple ways to do it in a different way that will help them to actually, and that's what the last part, and I want to leave us plenty of time to get to how to help guests follow up with the context because that's actually the most important part is once you get to know somebody, once you meet someone new, what are you going to do about it? Um, so we want to leave plenty of time with that. But there were a couple other ones that I wanted to just go through, um, stuff that I've done or taught um, event planners. One of them is a very fun Winnie the Pooh, Who Are You? Uh, social, it's a social networking event that you can do actually live in a group where you just ask the question from the characters in Winnie the Pooh, starting with Winnie himself and going to Tigger, going to ER, and then Rabbit, who are you most like, okay? And it's very simple, and you don't even have to do it with the big room. You can do it at the table itself. So that's one that is very simple to um, interject, and you don't, ha- you don't actually get to do, like Mary Beth, yours is so perfect because if you're trying to make connections that are going to help you move along in your career, um, or in your, what I would say, ministry, then that is such a cool one to do where you have the ten words that are going to help people know exactly what you do and why you do it and so that they can connect with you if you're doing what they want. In the in the personality one, maybe you're just looking for a friend. Maybe you're just looking for someone who can understand you or who can balance you. And the, um, the, the Winnie the Pooh, who are you, 
uh, personality one is a lot of fun for that. And at Marnie.com, you can get the free personality um, test that people can take. You can actually make this into a much bigger thing. Also, um, types of food is really fun. If you have an event where you're going to have a lunch break, um, this is this is one that I love to do. If you have a large event and you're going to have a lunch break and then you're going to come back together, one of the things you can do is you can just say, what we're going to do before we go is we're just going to have you separate out into groups. You don't necessarily have to go to lunch with these people if you have lunch prearranged or you want to go somewhere else or you're running errands. That's fine. We understand. But what you're going to do right now is you're going to separate out into groups of what kind of food you like. And if you happen to want to go to lunch with the people that are around you, you're welcome to do that. And actually a lot of times that's exactly what happens. And I just pick um I just pick like four categories of food that is available around the facility. So uh in my example right here I had one side of the room be fast food. That would be like Subway, Burger King, like that. Another side of the room be Chinese. There were a couple Chinese places around. Another side of the room be pizza. And another side of the room, another corner of the room was um, the other ones, which were Applebee's and IHOP. And I think there's one other one there. So anyway, what you can do is you just let them go to the sides of the room and then release them to lunch, and they can take it from there. What you're doing with any of these networking events inside an event is you're just giving the opportunity for people to get to know each other a little bit better than they would do if you didn't help them. And that's what your job is as the event planner. You have this amazing platform to actually help people to get to know each other better than they would without you, without your event and without you. Mary Beth, you would actually do something called a full strategic connection event. Can you describe that just a little bit to us? Certainly. Uh, By the way, I love what you've just described. I think the food and friends idea is wonderful. It, It provides a level of commonality. And from there, it's amazing to see what can happen when people feel that commonality. Um, Yeah, strategic connections events um, are something that I've designed. um, Let's see, we're at number 15 uh, nationally. I've done um, several of them, many of them in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then also in different cities around the United States. It's an opportunity for attendees or guests to come into a room and feel incredibly connected. And the process by which we do that is that they complete an 18-question uh, or point survey questionnaire before the event so that my team reviews those questionnaires uh, and makes sure that when the attendees are welcomed into the room, their connections card offers them five, four to six names that are in the room, people that are in the room, uh, with whom they will share strong connections. It will be in one of the few categories, a client connection, potential client connection, a vendor opportunity, so someone who can provide a service to them immediately based on some of their responses to the questions, or can be an extraordinary resource for them or for their clients. The third category is a strategic alliance, someone who will be a great referral partner, someone who will really understand their business. A real estate agent, for example, would be a great referral partner for a mortgage broker um, or um, um, a mortgage broker or a cleaning service, for example. Um, And then the fifth And sometimes the most fun category is a wild card category. And occasionally it can be something as simple as where someone might have gone to college or their hometown or, most importantly, a shared value, whether that is um, a passion area, a a shared um, charity, um, an issue about which they feel very strongly, Sometimes it's a religious organization or a religious background. People like to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. I think that, and and you've alluded to this very clearly, the more connected we feel, the stronger our inclination is to help each other be more successful. And I believe that that is true, as you said, in ministry, in, um, in creating awareness around a cause or a nonprofit organization, and also in growing our businesses. Um, so 
that's very important. So the strategic connections events really create those environments. There are ambassadors in the room that help people find one another. It's a, it's a little bit of a game, um, but it, it really, they are there to facilitate connections as am I. And um, I believe in, the, in, a, in a point system where the more people feel connected, whether it's, you know, they meet in a room, they're recommended to meet one another. We do this all the time for people. And then also if they're connected on social media, once they've met at this event, if they connect on social media in various ways, they further the conversation. They continue to develop their relationship. And again, they're more likely to interact with one another in a positive, productive way. Right. So cool. Well, this is Marnie. We are visiting today with Mary Beth Dunn of Consider It Dunn LLC. It's spelled D-U-N-N, ConsiderItDunnLLC.com. We're going to come right back and spend the rest of the hour talking about how we can help guests follow up because that's like the biggest thing. After a, a networking event, then we lose the names or we never get back with people and we feel like it wasn't worth it, but it can be. So we're going to come back and learn all about that in just a minute. Successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life? The best life on planet Earth followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblically based approach to goal setting and achievement. So check it out under the training tab at Marnie.com. Well, welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg and this hour is flying by and I'm so excited because this last part of the hour is what I feel like is often the missing key to having people feel like uh, networking events or networking opportunities are really useful. Uh, so many people go, they invest their time, they walk away, and they wonder why they wasted their evening. Because, yeah, I met a couple nice people, but then I lost their car, and I don't know who they are anymore, and I can't find them, and I don't know what to do. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Mary Beth, do you ever hear this from people? All of the time. <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely, yeah, it's, it's the most important thing to think about and to have yeah. a strategy so to address. Let's go ahead and have you just start with some keys to success. What what are some of the critical components? Well, I I often speak about this, and and occasionally I'll use a PowerPoint in my in my speaking, and often attendees will say to me, "Wait a minute, you just had that slide three slides ago." Because I I do a um, before, during, and after at an event, and this particular slide is a strategic follow up process, and I actually start with that before the before, during, and after, and I conclude that section with it as well. It's just that important. Um, it is critical to set aside time and to understand that for every, uh, I've heard this stat a couple of times anecdotally, so I can't quote it, but to set aside a, an hour for every 30 minutes that you're at an event for follow-up. Or if you're at an event for two hours, to set aside four hours to follow up and to follow up effectively. Uh, the key to that, I think, and I, I, I love your input as well, is being really thoughtful about the people that we're looking for helps us to helps to inform who we want to follow up with in which order. So. Um, there's an adage where you never know who knows who. I think that needs to be balanced often with making sure that when you share your message, if there are people that respond with enthusiasm and are like-minded and really feel passionately about what you've shared, your oatmeal message, for example, who you are, what you do, why you do it, if you've gotten an enthusiastic response from someone, they can be the first person you follow up with. And your energy will be well spent to follow up with them. If you have a pocket full of business cards, um, that's going to be a little more challenging to follow up with every single person other than maybe just connecting with them on LinkedIn. So I think that valuation process step is very important. 
Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think you have to come up with some kind of a system for yourself where, you know, you don't become a robot or anything, but you have a way to distinguish. And let's say that you open your refrigerator door and you see a hundred items in your refrigerator, including, you know, your ketchup and, you know, whatever all the items are in your refrigerator. And when you open your refrigerator door, you don't open it and think any one of these items are equal in value to me at this moment. No, they're not. You're looking for something that's going to work right now. So if it's breakfast, you're maybe going to grab some milk or some eggs or things like that, whereas if it's afternoon snack, you might be reaching for an apple. Uh, So... It's the same way when you're dealing with new people and you've got so much. You've got this fistful of 30 or 100 um, people that you've just met, and you really do have to decide out of all of this whole pack what's most important to me right now and what's most important to me for my future. And so you want to identify that out, start with those. And then if you have time, you can connect with all of them. But I think it's overwhelming to come home and to think I should value each of these equally because they're not all of equal value. They're all wonderful, just like the food in your refrigerator. It's all going to be useful sometime. Um, at some point, that's why you put it in there. And these people may all have a place in your life at some point, but maybe not today. So I love that. I think it's so important. And, and to just come up with a way to allow yourself to be okay that you cannot be best friends with everybody in the world. It's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> great. Yeah. Those are great points. And, and so implementing that strategy um, or, or just a little bit of a plan allows us just to feel, I think, more comfortable with that discernment or, uh, you know, that, that distinction. Um, I often recommend, um, and especially when you're an event planner, there are often lots of types of people you have to follow up with. You have to follow up with your clients, certainly. You also have to set aside time to follow up with your vendors or your resources, um, and then you want to set up time to maybe connect with other event planners in the industry, as we're doing for best practices and professional development. And when one attends a conference, all of those people are often present. So setting aside that time, locking it on your calendar post-event um, or, or post-networking you know, opportunity is really a, a valuable way to be disciplined and just to have a bit of a plan. I think the other um, key is being really aware of what types of networking events benefit you the most. So um, uh, many people attend, as you said earlier, a chamber of commerce, and they might meet 60 people in a room or 30 people in a room in a morning. And that's probably a fantastic thing for many people to do maybe once a month. Um, then there are other events that you might attend once a week that are much more focused and that allow you to create more intense or um, really uh, valuable relationships. And attending those once a week, you may only get you know three or four contacts at those events, and that's really where you can put your time with those three or four contacts. So, again, quality over quantity every single time, I think. And... And keeping track of your efforts is easier when you have that strategy set out. I'm I'm going to attend, um, you know, my budget, my my budget, my energy resources, and my time. When you look at those three things, I'm going to attend or I'm going to plan an event that um, allows me to follow up in a really effective way that I feel good about. When you, okay, so that was your keeping track one? It Was that keeping track? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so keeping track in, in terms of your personal and professional style. So, you know, some people are comfortable with, um, and it works for their industry or it works for their, um, for their connection style, their professional style, personal style, to merely connect with everybody on LinkedIn, post an event. And then there are some people that, that feel that it's very important to personally send an email or personally make a connections phone call after an event and that that's their standard. So if that's the case, they want to be um, – each each of those types of people wants to be thoughtful about how many people can I really follow up with in the way in which I'd like to follow up. So um, making sure that you're using your calendar, whether it's Outlook or Google, um, or any of the options that one has, I, I actually 
I love technology, as I said earlier. So all of my devices are, um, I use Google uh, pretty extensively in, in my business and, and in my personal life as well. And I have lots of calendars within Google um, so that my calendars appear layered in color. Um, it's a very colorful calendar. But I do, I block out work, work times and follow-up times and networking times. I'm a visual person also, so in different colors, so I know what to do. And, and that has been, for me, very, very important. It, allow, it allows me to feel successful and, um, and to know that the connections that I'm making and the networking opportunities that I have, that, that I'm following up with people and making sure that they feel valued as they did when, I, when I'm speaking with them one-on-one. Awesome, yeah. And for keeping track, a couple weeks ago I interviewed the CEO of Nimble.com. It's M, I'm sorry, Nimble, N-I-M-B-L-E.com. And that's been just a huge, huge lifesaver for me uh, as far as keeping track of my connections go. I love it. The The main thing I really like about it, uh, besides the fact that it will trigger um, – reminders for you is that you can see at a glance which site the person you're trying to contact really prefers, whether they prefer LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. And I just love that about Nimble. So keeping track keeping track is huge. And, and you do have to find something that works for you. I love how you described your layered Google calendars. And also the need to set aside time. I love when you said, and actually I've never done this myself, but I'm going to um, – think about this, how to incorporate this, but to actually block it off. Block off time to actually enter that information to actually do the follow-up, get the get the data into the system once at least, and then um, be able to follow up with people because it, it is time-consuming. And when we think it's just going to happen, it just never does happen. So I love calendarizing that in just like it's a doctor's appointment or something just put it right in there okay what um uh, number the fourth point here was noted um how do you how do you keep track of your connections at a social uh, networking event well i i go absolutely analog often and i make notes on the back of cards and mm-hmm. I think that even in this wonderful world of digital technology and, and having the ability to um, to scan things and to save things forever in a digital way, for me, uh, because of my learning style and my memory, I write things on the back of cards that are significant to that conversation that I've shared with the person. So I would offer that, um, that there's a lot of value to that. You know, the, the, the other minor thing is when you have a business card, and I firmly believe that everyone should have a business card. My mom the other day referred to um, I had some business cards on my desk, and she said, oh, are those your calling cards? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a retro person in a way, and I smiled at that, and I thought, you know what, that's a great word to use because often we, we may not be promoting a business or we may not be focusing on a business when we're at a networking event. I'm, lots of people go to networking events, um, and, and they want to talk about an, uh, an advocacy um, a ministry, something that is important to them, something that they feel about which they feel passionate. And if you're a volunteer for a health-related um, organization and you're trying to build awareness around a walk that's coming up or, or, or something in an educational sphere that you may not have, you may not have a, an organization-issued business card, uh, there are lots of um, opportunities to create, to create a calling card or an, an, I call it an advocacy card. Um, and, and that is something that can easily be shared with other people, either just for the advocacy or for you personally. So I encourage folks to, to do that and to always have those. Even if you have three different cards, you know when you're at an event what you're going to be focusing on and talking about. I you believe can, in... You uh, can, yeah, and you can get those. You can get please. you can get them for free at Vistaprint, as long as you don't mind that they have their little Vistaprint on the back of the card. They can they can print them for you for free, so you can do that. And I wanted to just make a note here too before we move on, and we're just coming to the end of the hour so fast here. But um, okay. if you're having a networking event within an event, you have to assume that many of the people at your event will not come prepared with with business cards for everybody. That's just not going to be why they're coming, and so they aren't going to do that. So you're going to have to provide uh, either quarter 
quarter pieces of paper, which is what I recommend is just a stack of quarter pieces of paper on each table or three-by-five cards or something. And when you begin your networking event, you will point out that on each table you have these available and so that people can go ahead and jot down anything that they want to remember if they want to exchange Facebook page, uh, you know, um, IDs or phone numbers or, you know, the name of their doctor or whatever it is that they find and you give them a huge broad range like I just did so that people don't feel like, oh, no, I have to give everybody my phone number. No, you don't. Uh, you just you just can use the piece of paper if you want to, and that's going to allow them to take down notes of anything that's important to them, and you will facilitate that for them so that they didn't have to bring cards with. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about tools. Um, we've already talked about a couple, but what are some of your favorite tools for maximizing the networking? Well, my tools are changing all of the time with regards yeah. to some of my favorites, especially after this conference that I attended, um, which was the intersection of technology and event planning. Uh, so uh, some of the tools that I've been using very effectively are tools that integrate with LinkedIn and Facebook. And as you said earlier, knowing, and I can't wait to look up nimble.com, knowing how someone wants to connect is critical to really uh, strengthening a relationship. It is, I, I do. Yeah. Use yeah, I use Google and I use Outlook sometimes for um, event planners and email newsletters. I use Mailchimp and Constant Contact. Eventbrite is wonderful. There there are a lot of proprietary software um, proprietary software tools out there, and you know I I encourage um, and I'm sure you've spoken about this in the past. Really drilling down and learning, if you whatever you choose, really learn the functionality of that. It's so important to be, if for example, in Eventbrite, when you're scheduling something, you can ask some critical questions of your attendees when they register that will really help to inform you of their goals for an event. And then that information can be captured and utilized throughout the event to really tag into what is the attendee takeaway that your client wants to be successful with. So I think that's, that ability to gather information at that point is critical. I use, um, I, I'm going to go in from tools to social media because for me, social media is extraordinary, is an extraordinary cool. tool to use. <laughs> yeah, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, YouTube, all of these allow us to have conversations globally and locally um, when used in the right formats in the right ways and and um, it's great and again event planners have, have such a great opportunity to use search terms hashtags um, and set up groups before during and after events um, I Hootsuite is something that for me is an aggregator. So when I have an event coming up uh, as, as a busy person, I, I work with a team and we may, we may either use an aggregator or we have, of course, a schedule, a publication schedule in a larger way of what needs to hit when to blast and, and to make sure that people are aware of what's going on. From an individual perspective and from a, a business owner perspective, I have the same type of publication schedule because I love sharing information. And sharing that information can really establish you both as a source, as a resource, and also as a, a thought leader. You know, when you're sharing it, things that are important to you and, and things that you can um, offer folks that will provide value to them. So I think that's very important. It also gives you the opportunity to share what's most important to you and to share your values. And again, I think that's really the key when you're planning an event and when you're connecting with other people, those who share your values and, and believe in the things that you feel are important, those are the types of people that are wonderful to work with, do business with, and, and further our goals together. I love it. Mary Beth Dunn, this has been a wonderful information jam-packed hour. Thank you so much for being here with us. It has been my great pleasure, delight, and honor. Thank you so much. Okay, and you guys can learn more about Mary Beth over at her site, ConsiderItDoneLLC.com. That's Consider It D U N N 
LLC.com. Consider it done, LLC.com. Mary Beth Dunn, the CEO of Consider It Done LLC, the motivational speaker, event and marketing strategy consultant, networking coach, and subject matter expert. And she also was talking to us about her full strategic connection events. You want to check those out also at ConsiderItDoneLLC.com. And thank you very much for joining us. Had a blast today, as we always do. See you next time. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.